Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. I do want to encourage you to check out our other podcast. In particular, I want to highlight the old-time radio Superman show at otrsuperman.com. We're uh, working to restore all of the episodes that I did during the 2008 to 2018 run of that uh, podcast. And we're adding 12 episodes, generally about 15 minutes, of the original adventures of the Man of Steel. We also have the Amazing World of Radio, The War, our World War II podcast, and public domain video theater. And you can access all those podcasts by just going to our website, greatdetectives.net, and clicking on the link. Well, now it's time for this week's episode of The Fat Man. The original air date, April 7th, 1955, and the title is Murder Shows a Phantom Face. There he goes into that drugstore. He's stepping on the scales... Weight, 239 pounds. Fortune, danger. Who is it? The Fat Man. The Fat Man in Murder Shows a Phantom Face. The empty road wound snake-like beside the river. It was an old river, wide and sluggish, with tired hills rolling off on each side. A lonesome, desolate place. The early November twilight slipped across the valley. The hills gazed reproachfully at the river began putting on gray shrouds for the night. I pulled my top coat close around me and turned on the headlights. Three hours from the city by car, she said on the phone. Money is no object, Mr. Rudd. That was just about all she had said, in a voice as distant as the North Pole and twice as cold. Annabelle Gunston. Couldn't place the name, but it had a vaguely familiar sound. The rain came in torrents, splashed against the windshield. Suddenly, a tall iron gate appeared on the right side of the road. The gate stood open under a crescent of faded iron letters that spelled Gunston Lodge. I swung the car through the gate and into a steep, tree-lined gravel drive. After about a quarter of a mile, a house came into view. It stood directly on top of a cliff that sheared off to the river 200 feet below. It was a big house. Big and old. Its old-fashioned turrets looked like bony fingers reaching towards the leaden sky. I rapped a knocker on the front door. Yes, sir? My name is Runyon. I believe Miss Gunston is expecting me. 
Uh, which Miss Gunston, sir? Are there more than one? There are three Miss Gunston, sir. Miss Francis, Miss Laura, and Miss Annabel. I'll try Miss Annabel. A bigger party, sir. Yeah, but tell Miss Annabel that Mr. Runyon is here. Yes, sir. Just come inside. I'll tell her. Hello, big boy. You're pretty fat. <laughs> You're kind of good-looking fat. That could be a cue for something, is it? <laughs> Maybe. I heard you tell Thorne you came to see Annabelle. Now, why would a man come to see her? If she looks like you, I might be able to answer that. <laughs> she doesn't look like me or act like me. Let's have a drink, brown eyes. Later. Business before pleasure. Mm, I don't like business. But I like you. You're nice. What do you think about that? I think somebody ought to give you a good spanking. <laughs> That's what they all say. But they all like me. Even Brutus and that sneaky doctor of Laura's. <laughs> but Brutus is gone now. Miss Gunston will see you now, Mr. Lerner. Okay. Don't forget that drink, brown eyes. If I do, it'll be the first time. This way, sir. Who was that, Vaughn? Miss Francis, sir. The youngest of the three sisters. Interesting girl. Yes, sir. She mentioned somebody named Brutus. Know who that might be? Her father, sir. Mr. Brutus Gunston. She said it had gone away. Uh, yes, sir. Long trip? Quite long, sir. Mr. Brutus died last week. Come in, Mr. Runyon. That'll be all, Thorne. Yes, Miss Annabelle. Sit down, Mr. Runyon. I must apologize if I appear to be nervous, but I've been extremely upset. I understand. Cigarette? No. And I'd prefer it if you did not smoke in my presence. Okay. Your sister didn't seem to mind. My sister? You've seen my sister? The young one downstairs in the hall. Francis. Mm-hmm. That is unfortunate. Mr. Runyon, my younger sisters and I do not see eye to eye in a great many matters. One of which is my reason for asking you to come here. I might add that my younger sister, Frances, is not quite all she might be. I see what you mean. She caused my poor father untold trouble. I understand he died last week. I'm sorry. Yes. It was a terrible blow. And, Mr. Runyon, it has to do with my reason for sending for you. I see. Suppose you tell me all about it. My father did not die of natural causes, Mr. Runyon. He was murdered. Murdered? Why didn't you call in the police? I couldn't call the police because there was no proof, no evidence. He supposedly died of a heart attack. That's why I've hired you. I want you to find proof of my father's murderer. I want you to find his murderer. If there wasn't any evidence of murder, what makes you so sure? What did the doctor say? Didn't you mention your suspicions? Of course I did. I told all of them, and they laughed at me. Said I was imagining things. And that doctor... He said it was a heart attack. If it wasn't his heart, what was it? Oh, it was a heart attack, all right. That's why there was no proof. 
Even the broken bottle of pills on the floor, the disarranged bedclothes. Well, what about the broken bottle? Father had some pills. I don't know exactly what they were, but he took them for relief whenever an attack started. He kept them on the table beside his bed. He died late at night. The bottle of pills was lying on the floor, broken. Of course, Dr. Taylor said father had obviously knocked them over himself. I don't believe it. You mean you think somebody deliberately knocked over the bottle when your father had the attack? So he couldn't reach the medicine? I'm sure of it. I'm also sure that this attack was caused by something. For instance? For instance, sudden fright. His face and death had the most horrible expression of fear I've ever seen. My father was murdered. And I intend to find his murderer. That's why you're here. I'll pay you well. Just what do you want me to do? I want you to stay here in the house for a few days as a guest. Just what do you think I can find out by doing that? Mr. Runyon, I'm not a person to point the finger of suspicion without just an ample proof. But there are people in this house who will benefit by my poor father's death. Meaning? Meaning, first, my two sisters. My father was a sensible man. He was a very wealthy man. He'd arranged his wealth in such a manner that we three daughters should not come into money of our own until we reached the age of 35. Except in the case of his death. I am 40 years old. My sister Laura is 28 and my younger sister Frances is only 25. Are you accusing your sisters of murder? No. I'm only pointing out the fact that they benefit by his death. There are others in this house who benefit also. The butler? My father's will left Thorn $10,000. You said others. Who else? Dr. Taylor. My father's physician is staying in the house as a guest. He also stands an excellent chance of benefiting by father's death. How? He is engaged to marry my sister, Laura. Come in. I beg your pardon, sir, but Miss Annabelle wished me to tell you that dinner will be served in 15 minutes. Good, I'm hungry. Oh, by the way, Thorne, it's raining pretty hard outside, and I left my car standing on the driveway. I took the liberty of putting it away, sir. It's in the garage. No, thank you. If you would be so kind, sir, as to follow me. Follow you? What do you mean? Miss Laura would like a word with you, sir. Laura, eh? Okay, what can I lose? The room is just down the hall. It's that room there, sir. Thank you, Thorn. Yes, sir. Oh, Thorn. Yes, sir. I was just wondering, how does it feel to inherit ten thousand bucks? Beg pardon, sir. <laughs> Never mind, skip it. Yes, sir. Come in, quickly. I must apologize for asking you to my room, but I had to see you in private. Why? You needn't pretend. You're a detective. And you know why I'm here. Of course, and it's too ridiculous. Father murdered. Why, it's absurd. He was a sick man. He died of a heart attack in the middle of the night. Your sister Annabelle doesn't think it's so absurd. Mr. Runyon, my sister Annabelle suffers from what you might call hallucinations. You don't know her very well. She's a strange woman. My father's death was a, a great shock to her. You see, she was very close to him, closer than my sister Frances or I. That's why I wanted to talk to you before she makes a complete fool of herself. In that case, it shouldn't do any harm for me to look around a little bit to humor her. Then I can tell her... No, no, you don't understand. 
Don't you see, if people know that the detective is here, that the family thinks my father was murdered, surely you can see what, what that sort of talk might cause? That's why you must leave here at once, tonight. I'm sorry, Miss Gunston, but I'm afraid I can't do that. Your sister has hired me and... Very well, then. In that case, I'll tell you the truth. It might help. My sister Annabelle suffers from something worse than innocent hallucinations. You've seen her. You know what she looks like. She certainly didn't get her share of the family looks. Annabelle is much older than Frances and I. She never had boyfriends, never went out. Certainly never considered marrying. She devoted all her time to father, taking care of him, managing the home. Naturally, she was father's favorite. Ten years ago, she, she became quite ill, and father was forced to send her away for nearly a year. Let's talk straight, Miss Laura. What do you mean, ill? You mean insane? Call it that if you want to. He was pronounced cured and returned home. I'm sure you can understand now why I... Laura, is it true that Annabelle has hired a... Really, Ray, don't you think you should knock? I... I'm sorry, Laura. Now, this is Mr. Runyon. I do. My fiancé, Dr. Taylor. Are you were going to say something, Doctor. Don't let me stop you. Well, I... Mr. Runyon I... is a detective, Ray. Annabelle hired him because she feels that father was murdered. <laughs> well, that's... It's just too silly, Mr. Runyon. Maybe I ought to find that out for myself. Brutus Gunston died of a heart attack. I was his doctor. I don't know what caused his death. Yeah, you should. But I'd like to ask... Wait a minute. There's somebody outside that door. Looking for something, Thorne? No, sir. Miss Annabelle wanted me to announce that dinner is served. Dinner was a cozy little affair in a candlelit room big enough for a basketball game. There was no talking, very little eating. A lot of looking, mostly at me. The candles threw great flickering shadows at the beam ceiling. A big wooden fire at one end of the room caught the shadows and tossed them to a rain-splashed French window on the opposite side. The young one, Frances, sat on my right in a low-cut evening dress that only she could wear. She wore a delicate perfume that did what it was supposed to do. Thorne had gone out for the dessert, and she squeezed my hand lightly under the table. The doctor and Laura were across from me, silent. Annabelle sat grimly at the head of the table, staring at the windows. The flickering fire behind her gave her thin, repressed face a skull-like appearance. Annabelle! What's the matter? Annabelle! The window! The window! There was a face! There was a face against the window! Do you see anything? No. Annabelle, you're sure you saw something? Yes, yes, I tell you, I saw it. Was, it was horrible. There was nothing there, Miss Annabelle. No. No, of course it's not there now. It stayed a second. Did you recognize it? You won't believe me, but I did. Who was it? It was Farmer. Nonsense, Annabelle. I tell you, I saw him. I saw him. I, I know he was murdered now. He was trying to tell me something. Now stop it, Annabelle. <laughs> you're upset. You're imagining things. It's opening too much for you. You've got to control yourself. It was father, I tell you. I saw his face. It's time to speak. I can't stand anymore. Come, Annabelle. You'd better lie down. I'll give you something to make you sleep. No. You stay away from me. Stay away from me. Mr. Runyon, please don't let him touch me. I'll take it easy. Now, really, Annabelle, you've got to control yourself. Come, I'll help you to your room. I saw him. She'll be all right. Just simple case of I'll give her a sip. <laughs> Nice act, wasn't it? 
Yeah, Francis, if it was an act. <laughs> How your nerves, brown eyes. I'm ready for that drink you promised me. There's a bar downstairs. Complete with ghosts, bats, and witches. And 30-year-old brandy. Is that all? <laughs> That's charming. And I'll make it more charming. Brown eyes. <laughs> Martin Barr doesn't seem to go with the rest of the gloom. <laughs> there are a lot of things in this house that don't go together. For instance? You're a detective, aren't you? Uh-huh. And detectives ask questions. This is the only room in the house I like. And Brutus liked it, too. And Brutus was an honorable man. <laughs> you're nice. I like you. You're bright. And you're a lot smarter than you pretend to be. Maybe. Yes, I know Brutus. I know him a lot better than the frustrated Annabelle or the pure and mighty Laura. Like me, too, in his way. Maybe it was because I was like him. He built this bar, you know. But he never lived to enjoy it. And you caused him a lot of worry. Uh, I suppose Annabelle told you that. Yes, I guess I did my share. And I really liked him. For all his faults, he was a real man. I like real men. Not yet, sweetheart. The drinks. Mm. <laughs> All right, brown eyes. Here's to gloom and ghosts and murder. He was murdered then. Yes. So you knocked over the bottle of pills. No, brown eyes. I didn't knock over the bottle of pills. But I think I know who did. Oh. Oh, maybe it's better to let sleeping dogs lie. But sleeping dogs have a habit of waking up and biting. Uh, Brutus was getting old when he died. Old and sick and tired. Maybe it was bad. Murder is never bad. See in that picture there at the end of the bar? That's the way I like to remember him. Handsome, arrogant, and smiling. So this is Brutus, your father. I hung it there just after... Well, what are you doing? Why are you taking it down? Just a second, and I'll show you. Oh, don't take it out of the frame. Hold it, sweetheart. Just a moment. Yeah, I'll get this out of the frame. Now, look here. What? Why, the head of the picture's been cut out like a paper doll. It's the face Annabelle saw in the window tonight. See how carefully it's been cut, so it could be put back against the rest of the picture. Yes. Whoever did it figured nobody would look closely at this picture if it was hanging on the wall in its frame. So they cut out the head, took it to the window tonight for Annabelle to see, then brought it back and put it in the frame again. And she did see the face. No, say she did. It was dark outside. It was raining. Annabelle's nerves are shot. All she really needed was a suggestion. This was more than that. It was her father's face. But, but who could have done it? We were all there. Not all. Thorne the butler wasn't in the room. But I thought... 
Why, well, sure. Charlotte what? I see it all now. I know who murdered Father. It was the lights. Somebody turn off the lights. Princess. Princess. What happened? What is it? One of those shots. Princess. She's hurt. No, Laura. Your sister is dead. No, no. Somebody shot her from the head of the stairs. Didn't you see anybody? Oh, no, no, I didn't. Where were you? I'd just taken Annabelle to her room up in the tower. The tower? That's what we call it. It's a turret overlooking the river. <laughs> Sir, I tell you, I don't know. What happened, Ronion? Francis. Francis. Oh, let me see. She's dead, Dr. Taylor. Yes. She's dead, all right. Where did you get that gun, Taylor? I met Thorne in the hall. He's holding this gun in his hand. But I tell you, I found it on the floor. Laura, you say you've just taken your sister Annabelle to her room. Yes. She, she was so upset. On the way back downstairs, I stopped in my own room for a minute. We had the shots and, and came down. What is it? What's happened? Laura? Francis? Annabelle, you'd better go upstairs with her, Laura. Don't let her come down here. And don't tell her Francis has been shot. Yes, 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 I'll go. It's all right, Annabelle. I'm coming. It's nothing. But, Laura, I thought I heard shots. It was nothing, Annabelle. Give me that gun, Taylor. Two bullets gone. All right. Let's hear your story, Taylor. Well, uh, we'd taken Annabelle to her room. We heard two shots and started down here. Uh, then I saw Thorne. He was carrying this gun in his I, hand. I told you I found it lying in the hall, sir. I was in the kitchen. I heard the shots and came to investigate. I picked up the gun just as Dr. Taylor came along. It's not good enough, Thorne. But, sir, I tell you, Look I... Look here on the bar, Thorne. Did you ever see this picture before? Well, where did that come from? It was hanging on the wall in that frame. But, but somebody's cut out the head. That's the face Annabelle saw in the window tonight. How about it, Don? Recognize it? Well, of course I recognize it, sir. I've seen it many times, but I didn't cut it out like that. He's lying. No, no, I'm not lying. It's no good, Don. You murdered the old man by breaking his bottle of pills so he couldn't get at them when he had an attack. Then you must have frightened him to bring on the attack. But, sir, I tell you... You knew I... he was leaving you $10,000. I knew that. Then I... Annabelle got suspicious and called me. But I... And that scared you. No, no, I didn't know you were a detective. But somebody else suspected you, too. The dead girl there. She said she heard something the night her father was murdered. And she was just about to tell me who the killer was when she was shot. Please, you're making a terrible mistake. I didn't kill anybody. You had the gun when Dr. Taylor found you upstairs. You admit that. And another thing. When Annabelle saw that face in the window tonight, you were the only one who wasn't in the room. There's something about all this that doesn't add up, Dr. Taylor. I don't see what. It's all there. It couldn't be anybody else but Thorne. That's just what I mean. It's all too pat. I've got a feeling that I've overlooked something. Something that I did see but didn't notice. Something that's off-key. Operator. Operator. Operator! I'll answer in a minute. Yeah, not tonight, they won't. This phone's dead. Dead? Uh-huh. Paul, 
It's still raining pretty hard. Um, maybe the storm blew the line down. Well, sometimes on a rainy night like this. That's it, Taylor. That's it. What? The rain. I knew there was something wrong, something missing. Why, well, I don't understand. You will. Come on. We're going up to the tower room to see Laura and Annabelle. Thorne didn't murder anybody. But I know who did. So I was right. My father was murdered, wasn't he, Mr. Runyon? He was murdered, all right. Look at this, Annabelle. Ah, this picture. But it's been cut out. Why? That's the face you saw in the window, isn't it? Why? Why, yes. Yes, it is. So that was it. It... It wasn't a ghost. You're sure this is what you saw? Yes, yes, I'm almost positive. Of course, it was dark outside and the rain was pouring down, but... I found this cut-out picture about 15 minutes after you saw it. It was absolutely dry. Dry? Why, what do you mean? I mean this picture was never out in the rain, Dr. Taylor. But it had to be if Annabelle saw it. The point is that Annabelle didn't see her face. I tell you, I did. No, Annabelle. It was a swell scheme, wasn't it? Too good, in fact. What are you driving at? Thorn didn't murder your father or your sister. You did, Annabelle. You killed your father. Annabelle? You? Yes. Yes, me. I killed him, Francis, too. I hated them. All of you. But I hated him most. I was his servant. Yes, I killed him. I broke his bottle of pills. I frightened him out of his sleep. I killed him. Francis heard the bottle break. She went into the hall to see what it was, and she saw you, didn't she, Annabelle? Yes. But Annabelle called you, Mr. Runyon. She was the one who kept saying father had been murdered. Sure, sure. That was to throw us off the track. Yes, I hate you. You've all had everything. I had nothing. Why should any of you have been happy when I wasn't? Why should my sisters have been beautiful? Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> Why should they have sweethearts and not me? Annabelle. Easy, Laura. She's sick. Sick? Sick? Am I sick? Oh, you're clever, all right. Very clever, Mr. Fatman. Yes, you're clever. You're clever enough. understand, Laura? All her life, she'd been eaten up by jealousy. It was like a cancer tearing her apart, distorting everything with hate and greed. She was sick, beyond hope. And the trouble when greed and hate and envy start boring away inside, whether it's a person, a family, even a nation, the result is always the same. Dissension, violence, death and destruction. Well, that's that. It seems I spend my life in getting into trouble and getting out of it. But at the same time, I generally manage to get some other people in and out of trouble, too. Be seeing you again. So long. Oh.
Welcome back. Well, that was a bit over the top. The performance by the actress who played the elder sister is the type of thing that I could imagine the production team on Mr. King uh, saying, you know, you really ought to tone that down a bit. All right, well, listen to our comments and feedback now, and I have a question here from Bill. Bill uh, writes in, Hi, Adam. I'm working my way through the Pat Novak feed, and I'm loving it. The banter between Novak and Hellman is classic. Oh, I enjoyed hearing you do the commercial for uh, Netflix in the time period where they had just started their streaming service as a companion to their DVD service. I did have a question about the episode Father Leahy. This episode was from the U.S. Armed Services, uh, so they laid in their own music at the end of the episode. The music seemed to be a different version of the long version of the Great Detectives of Old Time radio theme. Is that right, or are my ears fooling me? Thanks. Well, thanks so much, Bill. And yeah, uh, you are actually right. That is where we got that Stostakovich uh, piece uh, was uh, from that, um, I don't know if it was that particular episode, but it was one of the episodes um, of uh, Pat Novak for Hire, uh, was the, uh, that was the basis for the theme. Because uh, at the beginning, like I think for the first, you know, maybe 100 episodes, we had a different theme. Uh, and, you know, got some listener feedback that uh, people weren't happy with it, and... I thought that would make a good theme, and we've uh, kind of kept it now for more than 3,000 episodes. And uh, it's definitely uh, worked pretty well for us. So, uh, well-spotted, Bill. And, yeah, it was interesting. I've been doing this for a while, and I did uh, have a Netflix affiliate program. Uh, the uh, program doesn't actually... Link doesn't work because I think they did something different with how they were doing affiliates and selling that whole new invention of a streaming service. And of course, now that's, you know, kind of their whole business model. Although I'm one of the few people who still have a DVD uh, a subscription, though not quite as uh, much as it used to be. I'm on one of their lesser plans. But just amazing how much the world has changed, even the last 10 to 12 years. All right, well, thanks so much for the uh, uh, comment, Bill. And I want to go ahead and also thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Sean, Patreon supporter since uh, December 2016, currently supporting us at the shameless level of $4 or more per month. All right, that will do it for now. If you do enjoy any particular episode of the program, I do encourage you to share it on social media. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives, and follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. We'll be back tomorrow with an episode of The Man Called X, and next Tuesday another episode of The Fat Man. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.